This is the Tame Aperture Podcast. Open the pod bay doors, please, Hal. Hello, Hal, do you read me? Do you read me, Hal? Do you read me, Hal? Affirmative, Dave. I read you. I read you. I read you. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Come on down and jump some of this shit. You can't always have that. Sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Welcome to the Tame Aperture Podcast, where we talk all things movies from first-time directors, indie films, art house, and much, much more. Today, as we push beyond episode 50 and grow from an embryo to a fetus in our podcast development, we talk the 2019 film from director Jim Jaramusch titled The Dead Don't Die, starring Bill Murray, Adam Driver, Tom Waits, and many, many more. In the small town of Centerville, something is not quite right. And when the earth shifts its axis due to polar fracking, the days get longer and the nights get scarier as the dead reanimate from their graves and feast upon the living. And citizens of the sleepy town must do everything to survive. I'm Gabe Vienendahl, filmmaker, film instructor, and movie enthusiast. And I'm joined, as always, by veteran podcaster, editor, Mr. Alan Martindale. Alan, how the hell are ya? Um, I'm awake. Uh, You're not this dead. Movie's bo- this, this movie's boring, man. It's slow. It's it is boring. Well, let's say. I'm not going to lie. Like, when this movie came out, Jess and I were super excited to see it. Trailers were awesome. Marketing was awesome. It's a horror comedy about zombies right up my alley. It's got Bill Murray in it. Iggy Pop's in it. Tom Waits is in it. I've never walked out of a theater feeling so unsatisfied in my entire life. And so when you texted me and you said, let's, let's do the dead. Don't die. There's a little part of me that died inside. You, you died. I, I died. I, I hadn't seen it. So I wanted to, and I, I didn't even ask you if you had seen it. I kind of assumed you probably had. Yeah. Uh, but I wasn't sure. And, but it was so late at night when I texted you. I was like, let's just watch this one. And I'm like, that's right up his alley. He's going to like yeah. that movie. Yeah. A comedy horror would... film? That's like perfect lineup. Okay, so. But uh, Gabe, the problem is, the problem is, it's a comedy horror film that's not scary and not funny. Like, that's, it's, only, it's the only two things you need for that kind of genre, and it's neither. How does... Okay, so we'll set the context a little bit, and then we'll move into why Alan hates this movie so much. And this, look, this this once again could be uh, right along Kronos as the shortest podcast in Team Aperture history, uh, based on Alan's pure despise of this film. Uh, I originally chose this for a couple of reasons. One is, I, I, like I said, I thought it'd be up your, your alley. And then secondly, after, and I hadn't seen it, so just reading the overview of the film, I was like, oh, Alan's going to love it. <laughs> Wanted to uh, come off, we just came off of a high talking uh, Maru, which was a great documentary mm-hmm. and a little bit different uh, angle than we've taken in the past. And then secondly, for me, I, uh, I saw Jim Jaramusch directed it. And I haven't seen a whole lot of his portfolio. 
But that which I had seen was these short films, uh, these vignettes that were pretty popular among filmmaker hipsters. I don't include myself in that, but I have friends that are filmmaker hipsters and they uh, love coffee and cigarettes, which is a short film that kind of spawned additional short films throughout his career. And the original one has uh, Stephen Wright, who's a comedian, and then also has, uh, what's his name? The Italian actor, and I forget his name now. But these were a popular hit amongst the, we'll say, the art house indie film uh, community, these coffee and cigarette short films that Jerry Moose directed. And then one of the follow-ups includes Bill Murray, and Riza and Jizza from the Wu-Tang Clan, which is also right up my alley. I know it's your favorite band as well, Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, I, I, look, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. You know what I'm ain't saying? Ain't nothing to fuck with, right. Uh, yeah. I love Wu-Tang Clan. I love, but so when I started seeing that it had Bill Murray and it had Riza, and I was like, oh, I'm going to love this movie because those are, I love both of those, you know, those people. And so then we got into it, and I got to say, it's definitely slow. The pacings, it's not entirely funny. There's little things, little, little things that I could find amusing. But mostly overall, the thing that carried it was Bill Murray and Adam Driver. I think for me, the, the movie, I agree, the movie's boring. And as a zombie movie, uh, it's for me, and I want to get your thoughts on this. It's not overly exciting, so I'm not uh, staying in with it. But I do like, for whatever reason, and I think it's probably more, when I was watching it, I was kind of thinking about this. I think it's more about me having a nostalgic reaction to Bill Murray. I just like Bill Murray. You talk about classic films that he's been in, Ghostbusters and Groundhog Day and all these other films. And so I have like a nostalgic uh, uh, kind of like, you know, he's always interesting to me, right, is what I mean. And it's kind of based on this nostalgia. And he's just comfortable being in, being himself. And he's not trying to act, but it makes it funnier because he's just like, he is what he is. And so that was entertaining. But overall, I'm going to have to agree with you right out the gate. This movie, I'm not sure where we're going, what we're doing, and why. Bill, you have Bill Murray in your zombie movie. Classic. You got Bill Murray. Bill Murray is not easy to get from what I understand, too. He's not, he's not an easy actor to get. He's very particular uh, with his roles. And you get him. And then you don't let him be Bill Murray. Like, he's a good actor. Like, he doesn't have to be wacky and, and weird and, and all, you know, all the time. He's a great dramatic actor as well. Yeah, but you don't really let him do either. I don't this this move like the only way I can describe this is unsatisfying. That's the best way. It's a visceral feeling. I felt uh, like the level. I've been trying all day. I watched it this morning. I've been, I've been trying all day to figure out a good analogy, a good explanation of the feeling I get watching this movie. Because it's so, and I, I don't have anything. I, I, I even asked Jess, I'm like, well, what do you think? Like, what, what is a, a good way to describe 
an unsatisfying feeling or watching watching the dead don't die and and she's and she had some good ones but it wasn't it wasn't right like it it, it lit, you know, the best thing i could come up with was you know, like if you're on a deadline like you're working on an edit or something and and you have a a, a client you got to meet you got to meet a deadline but you keep getting distracted and you can't put all your focus where it needs to be and you get i, I don't know maybe most people don't get this but this is something i get I get like an anxious feeling and I feel it in my head and I feel it like in my chest and I'm just like, Ugh, that's what I feel when I watch The Dead Don't Die. Because you don't know it what has it's all... supposed to be. I don't know what it's supposed to be. I, 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 can't, I think I get what they're trying to do. I think. But this is not the, the outlet to do that in. Like, I think part of it might be commenting on how zombie films and, and horror films in general are pretty predictable and they have kind of all the same characters. And I, I think there's some of that in there. I could be wrong. I could be mistaken, but I feel like that's part of it. It just, is that something that needs to be commented on? Like we, we have a million other movies that do that much better. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't get like, to me, I don't understand it. You've got a stellar cast. You've got, can, can we just run through well. that real quick? Because I yes. want to read through these names. If, if you were, I mean, this film is just, this is a huge ensemble. Bill Murray, Adam Driver, Tilda Swinton, Chloe Savina, Savannah, Savina, how do you pronounce her name? I have no idea. Steve Buscemi, Danny Glover, Rosie Perez, Iggy Pop, Riza, my man, Selena Gomez, Tom Waits. Like what? You have it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. If you're stacking up that ensemble, it could be in the top twenty, top ten ensembles of all time in terms of power act, power rankings of actors. Have you ever heard of an ensemble this good and the movie wasn't good or was boring? At least it might not be a good movie. I'm trying to think of a comparable. And the one that that comes to mind, which isn't the same genre, but has the same uh, ensemble type. You think of something like Crash from 2004. Mm-hmm. And it's got like, it, it, I don't even think that cast. It's got Don Cheadle and some other really good actors. Um, it has Sandra Bullock, Don Cheadle, Matt Dillon, uh, Brendan Fraser, Terrence Howard, Fandy Newton. Like it's got a pretty stellar cast in terms of power rankings of actors great actors but this cast is cool like yeah that's this the cast, difference this, this is this is like he pulled from music and he he just put together a really cool cast like like oh it sounds like amazing. such an old guy saying i sound like such a boomer saying that but it really like they really are like iggy pop are you kidding yeah, me Iggy pop well and this is the thing like and this is why i tried to to remember why I liked, have you seen coffee and cigarettes? Any of those short films that he's made? I haven't. These are the only ones I'm familiar with in his body of work. And they're, I liked them, but, and they have this same style, but also they're short films. So I'm not trying to digest an hour and a half of this pacing. You know what I mean? I can take it in seven minute spurts and be done. Right. And there's something about the dynamic of how the characters work with each other. Riza and Jizza with Bill Murray is funny in a coffee shop. And they're talking about, 
caffeine, you know, being caffeinated. And it's just right. dumb. Right. But it's a seven right. minute short film. Whereas here, eh, I don't need to have that extend over an hour and a half of time. It almost feels like it's it's an art house movie, which is fine. That's great. I like art house films. But do you really want to have like a star studded cast and a zombie film and a comedy as an art house flick like with Bill Murray? Like to me, that doesn't fit. That doesn't that doesn't mesh well. And I mean, all these actors, they must have seen something in the script to really get on board because he got everybody. Well, I mean, half, everybody. that's what I mean, too, is half of them he's already built a relationship with because I can go True. through this roster and I can see that half of them already did these coffee and cigarette short films with him. Okay. So at that point, that, they're, that makes they're sense. like, oh, we like doing that. That was fun. And Jim Jeremush, from everything I can gather around him with a little bit of research, I didn't do a whole lot, but you can even look at his uh, headshot, his portfolio headshot. And I, I did look at that. He looks like, who, who did he remind you of? Um, the look. Uh, uh, David Lynch. The, David oh, David Lynch. He yes, looks like because um, of the long, the white hair and it's kind of poofed up. You know, he's got glasses on. He's got the sunglasses on, stuff like that. To me, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Andy Warhol. Yes, and then those. And so I, I mean, was, you could you could you could lump Warhol and Lynch into the same type of category. Right. Do you know right. what I mean? And like so, in terms of artist. Totally. But David Lynch, you watch it and it's weird. And it's it's twisted, but there's something beautiful and something you can get behind with it, even if you don't fully understand it. Yeah, eraser like heads all the time. Eraser head. It's all right, time. exactly. Like there's not there's nothing like it. It's so good. Exactly. I wish we would have done podcast number two on eraser head. <laughs> yeah, seriously. See, I, it's yeah, it's it's outstanding. And um, this I I don't. It, it feels like they took an art house director, and they gave him a, a giant big budget film. Yeah. You're looking I, at $15 just, million. Dollars. Yeah. And, and to me, or no, I'm sorry. That was the box office receipts to me. Like it just doesn't, it, it doesn't fit. And I was trying to figure out what went wrong because if you look at the story, I, I think if you just read the script, you'd be like, Oh, cool. This is, I, I get it. I, I can get behind this. This sounds pretty cool. It sounds quirky. It sounds funny. But then, to me, it really it, it's got to just be a failing of the direction, right? To me, the the director is really at fault, and I know he wrote it too, but it just I, I don't know where else it goes wrong. I just because don't... the story's not bad. To me, it just seems like it's got to be just in the direction. That's where that's where it falls flat. Well, I agree. I just think it lacks commitment. There's no. I mean, you're gonna get, you got to go all in. But it almost feels like he's doing it on purpose, though. Yeah. And well, look, I think alongside that, and part of my notes was, and I wanted to see what you thought about this, was, look, you, he's got a little bit of uh, subtextual elements. He's talking about bigger things. There's some political and you, obviously innuendos in there. There's some, uh, you know, the, the certain things about demise. He's talking about polar fracking. Um, but to me, is it though, or is it, and it, you might be right, or is it like, this is something that would, like, you look at, at, uh, Dawn of the Dead. No, uh, yeah, Dawn of the Dead. 
that was really George Romero commenting on the consumerism of, of America. Yeah. You know, like I there's a subtext there. in here, too. Well, to me, I'm wondering if he is saying, well, this is what they do in horror movies. And he's commenting on on that, on on the fact that 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 horror directors do that. Try, I, and I don't know if he's trying to make it more seem like it's they're trying to be self-important by putting these subtextual messages in there because it was so on the nose. Like there wasn't any subtlety when he's talking about the polar fracking and then people saying, well, the 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 politicians say it's okay there was just it was so blatant that there's there's no subtext there that i almost feel like he had to have been commenting on on horror directors doing that style of thing i don't know maybe i'm wrong but even even with adam driver when when the zombie like iggy pop saying coffee coffee and and the uh the chick in the jail cell who wakes up saying chardonnay you know, we, we know that they're gravitating. These zombies are gravitating towards things that they were either addicted to or had an unhealthy relationship with or that they liked in real life. But they even have Adam Driver really nail it home with that line. Like they're doing stuff they really they like to do in life. You know, like to me, it just seems so, so on the nose and so little subtlety at all that it's almost like he's making a comment about people who are making comments in their films. Yeah. I mean, I, I could be wrong. No, I think that's probably, there's probably something to that. Um, and I also think, I don't know. And I also think that they're doing it to really emphasize like our own, our own demise, our own, uh, where we focus certain areas of interest, you know, like the, the, the pure fascination with coffee, with, like the, our our culture, cultural emphasis on things, right? And how we're absolutely consumed by them. And I think you're right. You could take it that way or you could take it to, down the, because there is a lot of, I think, homage, particularly to Romero and other kind of early zombie movies where he's just homaging them. So maybe he's just saying, this is what they do and this is what they did. And so I'm doing it too. And then I'll just tie it into a more modern, you know, theme. So, yeah, but it, it's got, cause it's got consumerism in it. Right. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, there's that scene where they're going to the, the hardware store and they're like, <laughs> get, because they're, they're these, these undead are, are gravitating towards the new drill or the new thing. And that's not uncommon. I mean, Home Depot's kicking ass during this p- pandemic. You know what yeah. I mean? We're like, a, there's an right. obsession to, to consumer goods, whether whatever they are. Uh, so you're right, though. He might be hinting. It's like two-faced. It's like here, this is what they did, and on top of that, I'm also, I'm not only am I. This is how Romero did it, but now I'm going to do that, and then also poke fun of it, and then also do it. Like it's a weird, convoluted. Do you know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. I I want there to be something more going on that I don't understand. It feels like there is. But I just don't care enough. I just, it's just, I watched this movie and the rest of the day I was in like a, a tired, sleepy haze. I had to take a nap. You were undead. I, I, I really was like, it left me. I was, I really literally had to take a nap. I watched this this morning. It took me four hours to watch it because I had to keep stopping. It was worse watching it this time because 
I knew it was it wasn't going to pick up. I knew it wasn't going to get better. And the further you go into the movie, the more unsatisfying it is. It has everything that should be great in a zombie film. I mean, it really does. It's got I think the cinematography is great. The acting is great. The cast is great. Every it, it, there's no reason whatsoever that it should be as I don't even want to call it bad because it's not bad. It's just, uh, yeah. It, it it's like everything I felt about Kronos. This is times five. You're I nicer away. because in my notes I wrote eh, it took about an hour to get into the movie. <laughs> but it, I mean that was the problem for me. That was the problem because once you get into the movie, that's when it should build up. That's when it should crescendo. That's when you should be most interested in in it. But as characters who are, you feel like are going to be important just die off screen. No, there's no reason for them to be in the movie. Um, like people like uh, the Chloe, whatever her, her last name is, she just walks out of the car. Just like there's no reason for any of this stuff. It doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. But then I'm thinking, okay, in a horror film, we're always poking fun of the reasoning that the characters have. Sure, sure. Right? So maybe he's alluding to that as well, which is like, there is no rhyme. There is no reason. Because we always do that. Everybody does. Why is she doing that? Why is she running that way? What is she doing over here? Why didn't she go that direction? There's no reason. So I, that that I can forgive a little bit. But I will say from the beginning, like I liked the first scene with Tom Waits and Bill Murray. And, he, Great. and Tom Waits. <laughs> that, so I was engaged for the first few minutes because that scene with Adam Driver, Tom Waits, and Bill Murray, who's, his name's Hermit Bob, and he's out in the forest, and they walk out there and they say the, that uh, the chickens, I think it's the farmer's chickens or something, they're accusing him of taking the farmer's chickens or killing them. And he shoots them, or he shoots at them and tells them to fuck off. And <laughs> I was like, that interaction actually was really funny. And then from there, once again, the next hour I'm in an abyss. Yeah. So let me ask you this. The movie starts, the credits start rolling and you're seeing all these big names pop up. Oh, I'm stoked. All these cool names pop up. And then it goes into that first scene. I mean, at this point, what are you thinking? You're expecting a good movie. I'm stoked. Right? That first scene's good. It's funny. I thought it was, I was ready to go rock and roll. Yeah. That's that's exactly what I'm talking about. So I don't know if you've seen any of the trailers, and I haven't seen them since they were released, the initial marketing push for the, for the film when it came out. But I remember watching it and being like, I can't wait to see this movie. Yeah. Like, it's been a while since we've had a good, fun zombie film. Bill Murray's, like, I was so excited. Then you get there, and you see all these names popping up, and you're like, oh, God, Iggy Pop's in this. Oh, Tom Waits. Hell yeah, this is, you know, this is sweet. I can't wait. And then it just, like, it doesn't really build to anything it just is kind of like i don't know man it's I, i'm trying to think of something it's like you go on a ski trip and you're you're pumped to get out there but there's no snow like that's i'm trying to find some analogy to explain how disappointed i was and just it just is awful it feeling this yeah. watching this movie it feels like here's a here's a wrestling analogy for you wwf or wwe now I don't watch WWE, but I used to watch WWF Saturday mornings. Loved it when I was a Stone kid. Stone Cold. You know, so we had like Undertaker and 
you know, ultimate warrior. Here's what it felt like. It's like I got into the ring with the undertaker and I body slammed him and he was out for the count. And I was energetic. I was happy. I was excited. And then remember what the undertaker used to do. He used to slowly rise up. After oh, that's he got right. Hit. That's right. He'd slowly rise up. And then every, and then you were like, Oh shit, it's on now. We're in trouble. That's how I felt in this movie. First scene, I body slammed the undertaker. Good to go. I'm feeling good. Let's juiced up, ready to go. Then I look over and he slowly rises from the dead. And I was like, oh, shit, we're in for one. Yeah. And it was a, it was a hard one to get through. At what point did you realize this is, this is not what oh, I thought it was? Oh, like, it, it was shortly thereafter that first scene. <laughs> the Undertaker <laughs> rose. He rose and, and I go, oh, shit, this is a real match. It's going to take forever to get through. I didn't. The, the first, the first act is long because they are introducing you to all these characters. Yeah, and so I was okay with that a little bit because I was like, okay, this is good because it's building you something, right? Like it's, you can't have all these big actors, you can't have all this fun stuff, in unless it's building to something, right? Like so this is gonna be awesome. Fifteen minutes, twenty minutes in, I'm out, and then I. Uh, when Riza comes in, drops some knowledge. I'm a Riza. I like Riza, so I was cool. That was such a cool scene. It was like, dude, Riza's gonna be in it. There's like he's friends with this nerd kid. Like this is gonna be awesome. I can't wait. That What's nerd kid is like the, totally aspiring to be Riza. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, loves exactly. Riza, and exactly. I love that scene. But then but I, I did that, love. I, I do want to say I, I do. I did love the truck that Riza was driving. Wasn't it the a UPS? UPS? It, it, it was, but it said Woo P.S. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Drop I thought that was knowledge. a cool little thing. Yeah. That's the best thing. They, that's the, that's <laughs> the best that's shout the best out of the whole the movie. movie. Right, it. exactly. Yeah. It's the best thing. It's hilarious. Shortly thereafter, 20 minutes, I'm out. I came back a little towards the end. Uh, even though, like when she, when they're, when they're basically realizing that they're, they're going to, they're, they're going to die or they've got to go out swinging, so to speak. Uh, but not a lot going on in between. So I don't know what, what Jeremish is doing. What do you think about the fourth wall breaks? I'm, I'm okay with it. Usually I don't mind it. I just don't understand why you go so far in breaking the fourth wall so few times. Like, if you're going to do it, go full naked gun. Go full airplane. Like, let's let's do it. Well, that's what I mean. I think there's a lack of commitment to anything. I'm going right. to do little spurts of things here and there, but I'm not going to really commit to a full-blown horror film or a zombie film, and I'm not going to completely commit to an all-out comedy. I'm or sure. an ensemble film. Or an ensemble film, right? Uh... So, yeah. And the more we're talking about it, you're just getting me more and more like blah. Welcome. Yes. Welcome to my day. This is thanks, all day. Thanks for dragging me down into your dead, don't die shithole. <laughs> Misery loves company, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> the shithole is warm. Jump in. I think you, it, it, it takes a while to even understand the cadence. And I don't know of the movie. I mean, the pacing and the cadence. And then at that point, you've checked out, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I thought there were a couple interesting things that he tried to do. Like with Adam Driver, I think I think Adam Driver is the... He's the audience, right? He's either the audience or he's the writer. 
Yeah, like, I think I, I, I would, tell which I would one he position is. him in that point of view of the audience. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. I He's the audience. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even when he goes in and he looks at, at the, you know, in the diner, he sees the dead bodies and he goes, oh, yuck. You know, like that's what an audience member, right. when they see that kind of thing, that's what they say. Oh, yuck. And then it's over because they know it's not real. Whereas if you were to see that in real life, it would be traumatic. And also, I want to say something about that diner scene. Uh, when they when they when the cops get there and they, they go in and see why do we need to see all three of them go in individually, look at the same exact shot of of the dead body and then uh, the other shot of the other dead body and then walk out like why it takes so much time it takes so much time but I think you're nailing it I think you almost answered your own question and I think that he's positioning point at three different point of views one I like what you have going on here and I think one is that of the audience or the viewer through Adam Driver. The other is the realistic point of view, which is Chloe, uh, mm -hmm. because she actually responds like a normal human being. Throughout the whole movie. She's the only one who does. And then you have Bill Murray, who's like in the neutral territory. I don't know where he sits. He's the, what, what you might consider the authority or the cop who's seen things and isn't quite, he's a little desensitized, but not desensitized to the, to the point of Adam Driver. It's absolutely absurd. Yeah, he's really just moving moving the plot along. Yeah. So there's different point of views going on, but it's way too slow. You don't need to see all three of them in that instance. All three of them go in. They slowly go in. They slowly look at... I mean, it, how do you even get the, all the... How, the f how are you getting all these... How are you convincing... And it's not like I'm this huge fan, but Selena Gomez is a huge actor. She's very culturally popular. Yeah, she's a big name. Big name. Okay, come do my movie and do five minutes and then die. I don't know. That doesn't, I, you know I, what I, I mean? Like that's a hard sell for an actor of that uh, scope. I mean, there's. I agree. Other than the fact that you say Bill Murray's in it, Adam Driver's in it, um, Rosie Perez is in it, Iggy Pop is in it, Tom Waits is in it. Like that. That might be how you do it. I don't know. Yeah, that's the. That's it. You're just parlaying your big talent to get the other talent. But why? Why are those characters, her and her two friends, why are they even in the movie? Because they're hipsters from Cleveland. I, I thought that was pretty that funny. That was they're actually pretty the, funny. They're hipsters from the big city. That was pretty funny. They considered Cle Cleveland the big city. The big city. Yeah. <laughs> well, first they were from Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. They were Yeah. They were trying to deduce where they were from. <laughs> exactly. That, that, was, that was pretty. Again, there's lots of moments that are kind of like half chuckles in yeah. this thing. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like when Adam Driver's hauling ass in his little smart car. <laughs> that was funny. That, that, that was a funny little shot. What's with, okay, let's get to Tilde, Tilda Swinton. Okay, best part of the movie I, other than I wrote the Iggy same Pop. thing. And here's my, I, you had just answered it, which was my question. Which of all the characters is your favorite? Totally Tilda Swinton. Yeah, I agree. I wrote that in mind. She's basically the, the mortician and then it mm -hmm. evolves. But she's it the mortician. Definitely evolves. It definitely evolves. But she's the mortician, and she had some great one-liners that I loved. Yes. And then I loved her uh, her matter-of-fact approach, as she's like she's cleaning up bodies and doing stuff in the in the morgue, and then the the zombies come alive, and she's like, "My favorite line. This is my favorite line of the whole movie, by the way, where they're." Back and forth, they're becoming reanimated, the two people that are dead that she's fixing on the morgue table. 
Fixing by putting clown by makeup putting on, clown, essentially. No, like Boy George makeup. <laughs> right, Boy George makeup. <laughs> this part was, this was funny. And then they're they're getting reanimated. And then she goes, oh, so the dead don't want to die today. And she pulls her her samurai sword out and chops their heads off. That, to me, was one of my favorite parts. I loved it. I, so good. It's so good. I, I was like, this is where I went to myself. Why can't, why isn't she, look, I love, I like Adam Driver. I love Bill Murray. <clears throat> but why isn't Tilda Swinton's character the emphasis of what we're following? Because hers is exciting. It was fun to watch. It was fun. But okay, let me, this, this sums up this movie perfectly for me. When they're slicing the zombies up, even when they cut their heads off, it's unsatisfying because there's no blood. Instead of blood, we get like dust flying up. I like the dust. I don't know why. I hated it. I, I hated knew you it. Would. That sums up the entire film for me because even when you're chopping off a head, you have to figure out a way to make it unsatisfying. Even the only reason it works is because this movie doesn't. I, I, again, I think I get what he's trying to do. But no, dude, no. There's a couple things in life that give me pleasure. And seeing a little bit of gore when you chop off a zombie's head is one of them. Either, either, don't have any anything at all or you got to have a little blood splattering everywhere that's it yeah that's all i'm asking i don't want dust dust what are you kidding me it's black dust it's like black smoke dust so i don't know what it have is have you ever watched awful. lost the smoke smoke monster oh yeah don't don't get me started on that man do not get me started on lost well your favorite we'll tv series day. of all time started so good so great, and then they we just could didn't take know a quick detour into Lost because I love it. Oh, we could. You liked the ending? Yeah, I don't mind the ending. So why why do they got to protect the island? What's the point? We're not going to get into Lost right now. We're going to well, no. Take I, I want to know into this Hold podcast. On. That's I'm much more interested in this than I am in the dead don't die. I know, but here's why? what I want to ask you then: What did you like least? Of, I got questions for you, so yeah. we can we can play a game. And make this entertaining so that people aren't just like hearing a shit on the dead don't die. <laughs> okay. Uh, what did you... Okay, here's... You have to stretch here. You've yeah. got to stretch. What did you like best about the movie? And it can't be... I love, can't I be love some of the shots. Can't be Tilda Swinton's character because I think that's it's, my... It's answer. not. I liked her. I liked a lot of the shots. I thought they were great. That scene when they're in the, in the police car and the zombies are kind of surrounding it. Those shots are outstanding. Like there's no, again, that should be a very intense part of the movie. And it's, it's just not at all. But I really, really loved visually what they did at times. I thought it was great. What's interesting that you say that, and, and we were talking about, this is crazy because we were talking, and I didn't know this, I just saw it. We were talking about uh, David Lynch. And uh, there's a little, I'm not saying they're the same filmmaker. I just mean that, like you said, I think they're taking an art house indie guy and putting him into this world to try to create a movie like The Dead Don't Die. Because mm -hmm. what you said, and I agree, the cinematography is really good. And um, he, the cinematographer, Frederick Elms, uh, also filmed Blue Velvet. Oh, really? Which is, which is a David, uh, David Lynch film. So there's a little tie in there in terms of because as we know, cinema, the director of photography is such a huge role in making a movie in terms of the aesthetic right. and the visual. So right. there's a little tie in to Lynch. 
So I agree with you. The cinematography would be one of the things that I thought was done really well. What did you like well, least besides everything? <laughs> uh, well, hold on. Before we jump off that, for anyone watching on YouTube, like you can see on, on my TV, I have the wallpaper for the Dead Don't Which Die. Which is awesome. But I have a lot to it say looks, about their concept art. Well, and their it looks... That's what a lot of the movie looks like. It looks cool. It looks like it should be a creepy, freaky zombie movie. Cause it's, but it's not, it's just not. And so visually I like what they did, but it just doesn't hold up. What did I like least? I just, I, it's not that I was bored. Hmm. There's just no payoff. There's just, I mean, the, the whole movie, there's just no payoff. There's nothing where you see it and you're like, oh, that was cool. That was awesome. I want more of that. There's nothing that is going to make me keep watching. Yes, I agree. Uh, it, I'm sharing with you. You can see it with me, the uh, poster. Do you see this poster? Yep. That is a kick-ass poster. It's awesome. Okay. Awesome. That's what I liked most about the movie. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It looks cool. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Um, I'm going to take that off. So um, run me through what you were thinking when you finished watching the film honestly one word one word let's let's narrow it down credits roll and i'm thinking finally that's what i was thinking okay it took me 4 hours to get through this movie <laughs> Four hours to it get through it an took hour me four, and a half movie. Yeah, maybe, maybe three and a half, but it, that sums it up perfectly because I was so bored. Um, and then lastly, my question, and I've said this before, but I, before I said editing, this time I'm going to say writing. If you are writing the screenplay for this movie, what or how would you have changed the ending? I'm not sure I would have changed anything because again, I think, I think the writing is, is not bad. I think it falls flat in the, in the direction. I think it fall flat in production and maybe some post-production with some of the music choices. But, uh, I think the story's cool. Honestly, at the end when Tilda Swinton becomes like you, it's revealed that she's an alien. And the okay. UFO so this is, and, this is why sh this is my favorite character. It's totally yeah. offbeat, totally off path. I didn't expect it. It threw me for a loop, but I loved it because it was so absurd. Yes. Something happened finally. Exactly. It's like so something exciting happened. Something that I didn't at all see coming, but then it's gone and it's over and they don't mention it again. And then it kind of gives context to her character going back when you find out she's an alien. When she right. steals Adam Driver's smart car and she's driving down the street and she's like, oh, what a fun little machine. And then she's <laughs> chopping off zombie heads in the street. I love, I did love that part. And then when I realized she's an alien, that was even more rewarding that That's she thought great. the smart car was hilarious. She loved the smart car. It's <laughs> great. I, I loved it. Anyway, I wanted so to see more of her. That's what, that's what I would have said. I agree. Uh, what did you like most about this film? That's it right there. Tilda Swinton's character and her arc. I would have liked to have seen more of she's because I'm curious because it just kind of left it up. She's there in this small town. She's the mortician. She's an, no one knows, but she's an alien. And then she gets taken up, beamed up 
so that the zombies can't get her. <laughs> I guess I don't. Know. It's pretty cool, and I love how she just leaves the other ones, the other guys. Oh in the yeah. Dust. And then it cuts bails. to Bill Murray, and he's like, "I knew there was something off about her." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what did you what What did you hate most about this? I think I think two things, and they both deal with the characters. The characters that I liked most weren't in the film enough. I already talked about Tilda Swinton, but additionally, I really liked Tom Waits' character. I really liked Hermit Bob. I thought he was great. I thought he was great. I wanted to see more Hermit Bob. And I loved it. I, I loved his uh, his reaction when Farmer Fred, I think, who is p- played by Steve Buscemi, when he gets killed. I just loved his reaction. He's like, he, what did he say? He, he had a, a great line. It's like, yeah, you had it coming or something coming. along yeah, those lines. Something to that effect. And it was just, it was just great. It's just because that was the most satisfying part of the movie is seeing him get, get killed. What's because he was an asshole. Yes. Steve. Buscemi. But again, he, he wasn't in it enough. No, he was great. Steve Buscemi's great. You have, again, we didn't, we didn't mention him when I'm talking about how great this cast is. Steve Buscemi's in it. Uh, like it's, it's great. And I, I love the little thing that he's wearing the, the make America white again hat. And I just, I love those little fourth wall breaks because it's like, well, you see that hat and that's what you're thinking. You yeah. Know? Like that's what people translate it to. And there's just little things like that, that I really like the woo, the woo PS I thought was cool. Like there's some stuff in here that I think is just, it's so close to being, to being good. But like you said, there's just not enough commitment. No, I, I think that's the biggest thing for me is you're not, he's not going in. I think he's got, he's winking at the genre. I think he's making reference and homage and then also winking at the audience, uh, I think a little bit. But he's just, there's, there's a, for whatever reason, there's a lack of commitment in certain areas that really drive those winks home. They, they feel meaningless. The winks feel meaningless. I, I agree 100%. Um, I did like the little, the Adam Driver, this isn't going to end well. I thought that was a cool little thing. But then they go, they go in too much on the whole script thing. Like, what the hell is that little, they're talking about how Jim Jaramush didn't give them both the script or, it's just, why, why, why are you doing that? I just, to me, it doesn't make sense. It makes sense if it's airplane or naked gun, but it doesn't make sense in this, in this context. I agree. Should we should we get into our favorite part of the podcast here with Google reviews? Uh, first, I want yeah, I have a question for you. So, these zombies they gravitate back towards things that they enjoy doing in life. Yes. If you're in this, you're in this universe. You die. You come back as a zombie. Where are you going? What are you doing? The movie theater. Good. It's a good one. I really. That's where I'm going. Even though there are uh, kind of uh, becoming obsolete in our day and time. That's where I'm going. That's a good one. I like it. And I'm saying popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> popcorn, yeah. That's you know, because they just, one word is all you can say. So, <laughs> and, and I'm going to watch a George Romero zombie film. Yeah, you got to. If you're a zombie, you got to, right? But I'm not going to watch this one. No. I just, I wanted this to be Bill Murray's extended cameo in, in Zombieland. I enjoyed That's, Zombieland a lot, but but once yeah, again, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it's fun and it's entertaining. It's fun. And you can stay in it, uh, whereas this one not so much. And yeah, right. Um, or Shaun of the Dead. Like, there's things that are I think 
those kind of movies that work, the comedy horrors that work. I think Sean, I really like Shaun of the Dead, actually. Um, yeah. But this, I just, it's it's not there. <laughs> and it's not like it's bad. It's just, uh, It's like this. It's uh, like the comedian who gets up and they're really slow talking and very internal with their thoughts. And you came to a comedy show to laugh and get energized and, and exactly. have a good time. Exactly. To be honest, I want the right. guy. I want the you know the guy who's coming out saying dumb shit and having energy. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think that's uh, you're you're getting pretty close to nailing the feeling I had watching this. You're like you're right there. I I just I can't really pinpoint it. Well, let's let's see what the Google reviewers think, and they'll help pinpoint it for you. Favorite part of the show. Right right out the gate. <laughs> Don't even have to scroll down. Uh, I had a feeling. One star. Ones. You know, with, with Maru, we had a hard time finding any bad reviews at all. Yeah. I, I did not foresee us having that same problem with this one. Not even going to read through this whole one. Just says, I'm not, and you're going to love this, I already know. I'm not going to give you a spoiler warning since there's nothing to spoil. This movie sucks. <laughs> it's so true. This movie it's... sucks. <clears throat> okay. Well, there you go for that one. This movie sucks, man. It does. Okay. Here's a three out of five. All right. So they're middle tier. This film isn't for everyone. And for those expecting the typical zombie horror comedy... Uh, were either relieved that it was a little unusual but true to the genre or left with a feeling of being irked or agitated afterward. Is yes, it, that's it. I was agitated. They say, I personally enjoyed the film for the most part. I got it. The main message being that people are zombies before an outbreak. Our addictions, whether it's coffee or materialism, is what many hunger for in life and you end up being what you were in death too okay going in going in three out of five. Oh, before you move on i can't believe i didn't i didn't haven't mentioned this yet that sturgill simpson song is like fingernails on a chalkboard to me is that a point. real song I don't know, and I don't care. I never want to hear that it That was one of my questions for you, too, was it, I don't know, because I don't even know, Stur is that a real musician? Yeah, yeah, he's a real guy. I know, I'm sorry, I don't know. I know Wu-Tang Clan and RZA <laughs> and Jizza <laughs> and Method Man. I can name probably most of the Wu-Tang. I don't know Sturgill Simpson, though. Yeah, no, he, he's a real, real guy. I think he's a country guy, obviously. Country music, to me, is awful. I'm not a huge Awful. fan. I'm not a few, I have a pretty wide spectrum of music, but I'm not, it's not up there for me. That's for sure. I, tr I try and I, I can appreciate most forms of music. Pop country. I just, oh, no, I, get that I was going to say, I don't, I can do ugh. old, older country. I like George. Like if I had to go George Strait, something more classic, I, I don't know how to describe it. John, Johnny Cash, Johnny is, Cash, is, George Strait, as as people who are go. like just straight country. Right. I could probably right. at least get, get for Okay, here Some we Willie go. Nelson. One out of five. Ready? Yes. One out of five stars. I'll just start by saying ellipses. Okay, dot, dot, dot. Okay. <laughs> if you're able to actually sit all the way through this movie, good for you. 
after a short time in, I decided to stick it out just so I could adequately add this review. I do. Feel- hey, but you know what? That's better than a lot of reviews we've read. I I come I, I I'm very proud of this person because a lot of the time they're like I haven't even watched it but it sucked. Yes. So I'm I'm proud that this guy actually Greg, stuck it through. Greg did his diligence. Good job, Greg. And then he follows up. I do feel like a certain level of intel. Okay, let me start that over because I flubbed that. Sorry, Greg, out there. I didn't mean to flub that up. Usually, I'm pretty good at reading these. Greg's on track, so yeah. I do feel like a certain level of intelligence was drained from me just for having watched it. I Greg is a wise, wise man. Twelve people found that helpful. You know what? Market a thirteen. Okay, and I'm just scrolling through here, Alan, and we're mainly seeing one star. Here's a four. Here's a four. Let's, okay. I'm interested to see what Jay has to say. Just four weeks ago, by the way. So this is a recent review. If you're only going to watch this film once, you may want to let the dead stay dead. Okay. okay. However, if you consider yourself one of those rather specific type of genre fans who spent a good portion of the 80s and 90s wearing through your library of horror cult classics until the four heads in your old VCR finally expired, this may be the twisted oddity you've been dying for. Oh, my God. Jay. That was pretty self-important. I know. Let's do a little bit more of this. I'm kind of liking Jay, where he's going. Jay, killing me, Jay. The script is dry. The acting is intentionally deadpan stiff. And the practical effects marry well with the mercifully sparse digital images that appear throughout the film. And I go, fuck yourself, Jay. <laughs> he's writing a dissertation oh. on the dead don't die. Like, can we move on to something else? <laughs> Who's reading these reviews? God, man. Oh, Jay. The blowhard. He's, he's trying. He's trying. Okay, last one. I got one more. Okay, this is doesn't have a star rating, but it says the movie was funny in very few moments for me. I would agree with that. The science wasn't believable, but it was comedically unbelievable, which was one of the few things I found funny. Still, a little more attempt would have been nice. What? The science? I'm lost already. I'm moving uh, on to of all of the all of the the quips about this movie, all of the the things you could pick apart, the science. <laughs> <laughs> the science of a zombie what, movie what didn't is sit this? well with like, him. Are we talking like, <laughs> you know? God, man. What's the damn documentary that Al Gore made? Uh, uh, inconvenient yeah, Truth. Are we talking Inconvenient yeah. Truth yeah, here? Yeah, exactly. Are we discussing science and truth and facts? And what are you talking about, dude? It's the day the dead don't die. <laughs> it's a zombie movie, uh, bro. The science was inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks for that review, ass. Uh, polar fracking couldn't pull the earth off its axis. There's, Excuse me. <laughs> there is no way that happens. Okay, last one. This time I mean it. And this is funny because it's like, this is where I don't like reviews because then they get personal, even though I just kind of got personal on that last reviewer. Yeah, uh, that's Sorry. okay. Sorry, last reviewer. It says, elitist Jay Jeremush plays pretentious practical joke on that's, I'm reading this verbatim, so I'll repeat. Yeah. 
elitist J. Jaramouche plays pretentious practical joke on, comma, and at the expense of, comma, zombie movie fans aided by his super famous leftist Hollywood buddies. The message Jay sends to the masses, you materialistic consumerist sheep, you are the real zombies. Oh, my God. Now, I have to say he's probably right, not in the sense of knocking Jay Jaramouche, but I think there's a message there. I don't know if it's that deep. Uh, But this another little bit of a pretentious read here. The thing that I could agree with, actually, is this may have been a practical joke played on horror fans. It, It very well may have been. That I don't disagree with. I do not disagree with that at all. But, man, that like searching hard for the political angle there. Really going in deep, <laughs> really going in deep. So far we're, uh, you know, we're taking the dead don't die and we're really taking that subtext to the political angle <laughs> and we're questioning science. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, Alan, so give me a little summary of the film for you, although I think I know where it goes, and throw that rating at me. I'm curious to see where you land. I'm just I'm done with the movie. I don't know, man. It it's it is what it is. I I I don't get it. I don't I don't know why you make this movie. It just it's not like it was bad. It's just I've never again sound like a broken record and I apologize. But I've never felt so unsatisfied watching a movie in my entire life. There's just no reason for it to not be a stellar movie. You got all the elements there. And I just, I think, I really do think it comes in the direction. I really think that's where it falls flat. I don't know. Let's go six golden Buddhas. Wow. But still going with a six. Yeah. I mean, because it's not, here's the thing. I'm shitting all over it because I am kind of pissed off at it because I do feel like a practical joke has been played on me. Um, but it's not a, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's just not anything it's just bleh you know it's just it's it nothing exciting nothing good it it's fun to see these these actors kind of coming together but it's it's nothing it's just it's whatever so coming in with an even six an even six all right imdb comes in at a 5.5 oh man well yeah i guess we're always going to be above imdb uh critics come in at 54% totally rotten totally rotten audience really shitting on it putting it in the can and sending it to the landfill 38% wait what were the critics what 54. was the critics score okay audience 38 so I, okay. I think I think you might be onto something. I almost wonder if Jeremouche is playing a joke on It feels like it. On, and, and and I can almost see that. I can almost see that. Um look, it's And if it's, so, I played right into his hands. Like I did exactly what he wanted yeah, me to do. You got so yeah. bent over about how shitty it was. Exactly. Now he's just smiling on his director's chair. Exactly. Uh, it's mildly amusing. Like, it has moments that are funny. Um, I think, once again, Tilda Swinton's character is the best, so that keeps me engaged. The zombie angle on it, eh, doesn't, doesn't do a whole lot. 
the jokes are mostly dry. A couple of them land, but 85% of them don't. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good it's a good estimation of the percentage. Um, this is his style. I mean, if you watch, and I, like I said, I've only seen Coffee and Cigarettes, but you watch that, and I don't think it fits into this long form. So um, I'm going to come in with the day or the i'm gonna come in with the dead don't die the film apologist in me is like i want to give it a higher score than what my intellectual mind is telling me my brain's telling me to give it a this score and then the film apologist because i love movies in general is telling me eh, just bump it up a little i think i think that that brings up a good point though real quick before you give your rating um Film is is such a difficult to make a movie is very difficult because you need all these elements coming together. It's very collaborative, as we all know. And if you have one element that's really bad, it can just ruin the movie. Like you look at this and you go. He got together an insanely great cast. I think the script probably reads really well if you read it. Uh, The cinematographer is outstanding. There are. There's no reason it should be bad, but because one element, which is so important, is the direction is so bad, that's what makes it fall on its flat on its face, in my opinion. So I understand. I, I think for the first time, Gabe, I'm I'm understanding your rah rah. They did it. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. I, I mean, I've always felt that way because you know I've, I've made things. I, I've been in productions, involved in productions, and I know I know how difficult it is. But I think this is the first time it really is hitting me over the head. Like, yeah, getting a movie done is is really, really difficult. And you got to have all your elements. Like, So to make a great movie is next to impossible, I think. But people still pull it off somehow. Yeah, I think that's a great way to, to say it. Um, so I'm going to come in with, for the poster and the artwork, 9.2. <laughs> the graphic designer... I mean, if it's you look at all there's the various posters, two, three versions, the one you have behind you, I'm going like that poster alone. And I'm not, I love horror, but I'm not even, I'm not as big of a horror fan as you are. But I look at that poster and I go, oh, hell yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it has the 80s retro vibe. It has the zombies. Okay, I'm going. Let's do it. And it looks great. Just designed really well. So 9.2, that's a hell of a score for artwork. For the film itself, I got to come in lower than Alan. 5.6 smart cars. Ah, nice. That's a good one. 5.6 smart cars. So there you have it. The dead don't die, Alan. Do you have any last thoughts before we round out this episode? No, but I am starting to keep, uh, I have a leather-bound book that I, I made, that. by the way. It looks good. I am starting to keep all of our scores in this book. For those listening, Alan has a really nicely constructed leather-bound book. Very, to be, I'm going to say it, Alan, very Indiana Jones-esque. It is, and I made it. That's awesome. It's all me right Dr. there. Dr. Jones um, would be proud. But we're going to have, so I'm going to start keeping track of all our scores. And so we'll we'll have everything. So if we ever need to, if we ever question, I mean, starting at episode fifty, no, forty nine, because I have Kronos in here. Oh, good. We're gonna, 
yeah. this is something we could we should have been doing for a while. I know. I, I don't know why I have not been writing them all down I mean, like this. I mean, we can always go back and retrofit, but hey, we made it to 50 podcasts. It's pretty damn good, man. Most don't get past 10. I'm, in, I'm impressed. There's a few shitty ones in there. <laughs> <laughs> really selling the show. <laughs> hey, guys, go check us out at TameAperture.com yeah. for those shitty few first episodes. It See really... if you can find which ones are bad. What's that? <laughs> See if you can find which ones are bad and then, and then let us know you found hey, them. Hey, I was going to say this, and this goes for everybody listening. Uh, first off, shout out to everybody listening. Uh, ran across the former student of mine on campus the other day and mentioned they were listening and downloading the podcast. So shout out to them. Uh, I won't mention the names because I don't know if they want me to, but shout, they know who they are, so shout out to them. <laughs> um, and then I was going to say that uh, the, uh, the most watched or uh, I don't know about downloads, but the most watched episode of all time on Tame Aperture Podcast, 50 episodes in, take a guess. Hmm. I say most popular in terms of views. And this could be YouTube and Facebook uh, and also kind of downloads. So kind of the accumulation of all platforms. Most Let's see popular. here. I'm, I'm on the website now. I'm going to say... Clockwork Orange. No. Guess one No. More. It's right up your is alley. It a Kub- is it Kubrick? It's right up your alley, dude. Uh, go, chainsaw? Go with what your heart tells you. Nailed it. Chainsaw. Really? Yep. Chainsaw? Yep. No way. The original? Yeah. The one we did Not way the back when. Holy shit. That's awesome. Smart. Look, the audience is, it, our audience is smart, man. They get it. They know. They know, they know, they know what's good and what's bad. They're gonna they're gonna flock to the good stuff, man. TCM is good. The dead don't die. No, not so much. <laughs> not so good. Could have used a leather face or a chainsaw. This is This movie desperately needed a chainsaw. I mean, it would have it probably would have they actually never pulled one out. When he's going no. through all the tools to take the, the head to sever the head of the zombies. It's my first one. I don't weapon. think there's a chainsaw in that. I don't think so. In that tool uh-uh. set. Nope, he's got a drill, but no chainsaw. That's a hard fell. That is. On Jeremush's end. That is. (laughs) Okay, everybody. Well, this has been the Tame Aperture Podcast, episode 51. Breaking the barrier, feeling good. I was kidding about all the previous shitty episodes. They're not. They're good. Download them. They're all great. Listen to them. They're evergreen. They last forever. There's no reason that they're dated. So go check them out at TameAperture.com. For Alan, this is Gabe with Tame Aperture Podcast signing out. The Tame Aperture Podcast is produced by Dutch Angle Pictures in association with Studio B Productions. Listen, watch, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and YouTube.